Your road to a pain-free life. Call MD Topical toll-free, 888-998-7225, or go to mdtopical.com. The State Department has pledged a total of $75 million for a global campaign to end forced labor, modern slavery, and human trafficking. USA Radio Network's John Clemens reports. Deputy Secretary of State John Sullivan announced details of the campaign called Stepping Up Action to End Forced Labor, Modern Slavery, and Human Trafficking. During his address to the UN, he spoke about the global problem of forced labor. There are an estimated 25 million victims of forced labor around the world, a quarter of whom are children. Behind those victims is a massive industry that nets about $150 billion in annual profits. I'm John Clemens. Consumer confidence in September rose to its highest level in 18 years. The Consumer Board Index rose from 134.7 in August to 138.4 this month. This news comes after the news last week that initial jobless claims fell to their lowest level in nearly 49 years. You're listening to USA Radio News. Live from the Grace Broadcasting Studios in Covington, Tennessee, it's Adam and Chad, bringing you the latest in sports from a local perspective every Tuesday night. And now, your hosts, Adam Craig and Chad Gatlin. Welcome in, welcome in. Adam and Chad, U.S. 51 Country, 93.5 of Ilm and the U.S. 51 Country mobile app. The audience makes the show. Plenty of ways for you to listen and or participate. Adam, tell them how. That's right. Check us on Twitter, at Adam Chad Sports. Of course, we're right here on Facebook. We're live. If you miss us live, it'll be out there after we go off there. You can listen to it whenever you want to. Also, if you want to listen to us through an app, you can do iTunes, iHeart, or you can go to Spreaker.com. Also, if you want to give us a call, it's 901-475-9355. And we've got a good show for you tonight. Of course, we'll talk to Jeff Ireland in the next segment about local high school football. And we will talk to Brandon Reed about the NFL. We'll ask him if he thinks the NFL's gone soft. We'll discuss that ourselves in just a moment. And uh, we'll also talk about the Titans and their recent success and what does it mean for the future. We will hand out the award for Hat Ads Player of the Week. It's a fan-voted award. You can go right now to the Adam and Chad Facebook page, the Fans of Adam and Chad group Facebook page, actually, and become a member of the AC Army right there. And once you are approved for membership, you can then vote in the poll. And the poll this week, there are four very deserving people. Quartarian Moore from Ripley, six touchdowns. On the ground for Ripley, he's in there. And uh, Kenneth Walker the third from Arlington, an impressive performance. He is in there as well. We've also got Mac Fullen making the list once again for Tipton Rosemark. Uh, he had a big game. And uh, Keontae Newson from Brighton, the wide receiver. Uh, he's got a couple of scores and had a pretty good game as well. Had a forced fumble uh, during that game, too that led to some good things for Brighton. Now, <clears throat> we will kick it all off. Uh, oh, sorry, I should tell you. Make sure you go vote uh, because the voting will close at 7 p.m. 
and uh, then we will announce the winner in the second hour of Adam and Chad. It's the Hat Ads Player of the Week. We appreciate Hat Ads sponsoring uh, that for us. Let's give you a weekly sports update. This one's real quick. The Rundown. Memphis Tigers beat South Alabama 52-35 on Saturday night. Tigers struggled in the first half going in tied at 21, but pulled away in the second half. The Vols got pummeled by Florida. That's all that needs to be said about that. The Titans won another division game by beating the Jaguars 9-6. Blaine Gabbert went out with an injury, and Marcus Mariota came in to finish the game at quarterback. That is the rundown. And... Uh, Back to the NFL now. So we saw Clay Matthews get yet another penalty, and he's complaining about it, and maybe rightfully so, uh, for roughing the passer when it was a situation where there I don't know if there's anything physically he could have done. I don't know what how they are. To me, the NFL should come out with a demonstration video. If the way Clay Matthews uh, tackled the quarterback – on Sunday is not the correct way, then the NFL should come out with a training video that says this is the correct way to tackle a quarterback. Because this, well, he came down on him with all his weight. Well, it's not the matrix. He can't change his position midair. Right. You know, uh, I, I'm just, it leads to the question, and a lot of people think this is true, and I even heard Trent Dilfer say this, and Trent Dilfer is a quarterback. And I heard Trent Dilfer say that the league is going soft. And they're going soft on quarterbacks. Now, some people argue, well, quarterbacks make the league. Quarterbacks make the ratings. They make the game more fun. So you want to protect the quarterbacks because nobody wants to watch a backup quarterback. Uh, I guess that's valid to a point. I, it's, I'm not sure it's the NFL has gone soft because they don't care about running backs. A running back can be tackled that way every single play, and it's not a foul. It's only when the quarterback is hit. It's not even when a receiver gets hit, which is a more defense, which is you know every bit as defenseless of a player as. Uh, now they do have the defenseless receiver uh, penalty that they throw out every now and then, but I don't understand the spirit of this rule unless they can show me where this is where less people are getting injured as a result. Right. Because they're asking defensive players to do things that aren't physically possible or they just don't sack the quarterback. So, to me, isn't it easier if you if the whole purpose, because the whole purpose is to protect the quarterback. It's obviously not to protect players. It's only that position. If it was to protect players, then you wouldn't be able to drive your body weight into anybody. But that's only a rule about the quarterback. That's not a rule about running backs or wide receivers. It's only a rule about quarterbacks. So they're trying to protect the quarterback. They might as well just go ahead and change the rule and say you cannot tackle a quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. I mean, honestly... It's better than, and people, you know, and I know it's a chuckle and you laugh and you say, or you say, oh, it'd make it unwatchable or whatever. But I would rather, if this is the point, is to keep the quarterback from getting hit because he's vital to ratings or whatever, then 
I would rather see a game where the guys where it's just a rule that you don't hit him instead of my team doing what they're supposed to do and then getting a flag for it. Stopping them on third down and then getting a flag and giving them a first down on something that was completely not within their control because they can't stop the momentum of a 250-pound guy and keep it off of the quarterback enough in the referee's mind that he didn't put too much body weight on him. That That's not a good rule. It's a better rule. I'm not saying, look, I don't want to see the rule. You can't hit the quarterback behind the line. But if that's what they might as well just go ahead and make it that instead of getting this ridiculous judgment call stuff where it's, you know, now it's a judgment call to the referee as to whether or not it was too hard or you put too much weight on him or it was a little too late. You say you can't hit him behind the line, period, the end. Yeah. Or they and c- it's easy to follow. It might be a stupid rule. It's easy to follow. Yeah, I just think you mess things up. They might as well be wearing non-contact jerseys at that point. Well, but, I mean, they flag football or something. Right, right. I, I mean, it's but in that case, I think it would be messing it up. But I, I think what they should do is take a similar approach to what college football did with the targeting rule to where they go back. And of course, I know they've been reviewing some of them, like the Clay Matthews. Those were ridiculous. It's like, come on, man. They need to um, – Look in there and see, and be able to, re, you know, have the booth look at it. They can go ahead and call it and say, "Oh, it looks like he forced this guy." You can tell us from slow motion whether or not they really did force him down or not. You know, they can break all that down and do like they do with college, where they go back, they call it, but they have to review it, and then they can go look. Then, if they start calling like the kind of, of course, it looks like guys in the booth even agreed with these last ones with Clay Matthews, and that's where it's like. NFL is just going down that spiral of stupidity. Well, yeah, that but it's the ridiculous. that's that's the thing is you can agree because yeah, if you're looking at the letter of the rule, did he drive his body weight? Did he drive the quarterback into the ground? Did he put all his body weight on him? Yeah. So right. if that's against the rules, yes. The question is, how do you avoid that and still try to tackle him? Right. Because it's basically flag football. If you're not going to put your body weight on, it's not really a tackle. Right. And like I, mean, I, I heard another radio out. host say something about, well, you just need he needs to learn how to tackle is what he needs to do. He needs to learn how to tackle properly. If you tackle properly, you put your body weight on the guy. I hate to tell you right. that. That's all but part of it. <laughs> that's that's how you tackle people. And so this is ridiculous with what they're asking of a defensive player, and then it's ambiguous because the it's up to the referee. Each individual referee has his own idea of what's too far and what's not. And, I mean, I I saw – I've seen things that are way late hits. I get that, right? Like, you had plenty of time to pull up. But in a lot of these cases, it is just insane. Uh, I I mean, and it's really a different game. And that's why I say might as well make the rule. If you don't want the quarterback to get hit, make the rule where the quarterback can't be hit. Maybe make the rule where the quarterback can't run. So the quarterback can't advance past the line of scrimmage. And he also can't be hit behind the line of scrimmage. Now, you can send somebody in his face and have them jump in front of him or whatever and try to block the pass, but you can't tackle him. But he also can't become a runner. And that's, and, and people are, I, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, that's, well, that's stupid. That wouldn't be football. I, it's not going to be football. If they go the direction they're going, it's not going to be football like we knew it. Right. This is not a matter of safety. And they say, well, shouldn't the game get safer if we get smarter? Yeah, it should. But this isn't a matter of safety. If this was a matter of safety, then it would be a rule for every t- 
tackle, not just the quarterback. All right. This is not a rule that prevents somebody from hitting the quarterback in stride, which is where the quarterback is more vulnerable than, say, a running back. A running back is ready for contact. A quarterback may have his back to the player. And so, the, but this doesn't prevent that. This prevents somebody from driving their weight onto them, which is what gets done to running backs every time they carry the ball. Right. So, I, don't say it's for safety if it's only for one position. Because it, that that doesn't that doesn't pass muster with me. It's kind of like the the extra. I mean, the kickoff thing. Well, we're gonna start kicking off from the thirty-five instead of the thirty, or whatever it is, to prevent uh, so we can have less returns because returns are where most people get hurt. If you were really that concerned about it, you would have no returns. Right. Well, you just want to have. You and so that tells me in your mind, NFL, you've got an acceptable number of injuries. That that in your mind, so you're not really trying to prevent stuff. So stop acting like it. What you're trying to do is protect the biggest investment, which is quarterbacks. What you're trying to do is keep the game offensive, because here in America we have grown to like scoring over defense. Right. It's why soccer has not taken off here like it has in the rest of the world. It's uh, why the NBA is popular, and it's why the NFL has become more popular, and college football, to be honest with you, has become more popular, is because of high-flying offense, not defense. Americans like to see points scored. That comes from the quarterback position in football, and that's why the NFL wants to protect the quarterback. I don't understand not being honest about it. Just say, yeah, we want to protect our quarterback. Some people say, well, it makes it a more skillful game. Now you have to be more skillful if you can't be as brutal. That's fine in basketball. I understand why they stopped you from being able to truck guys in the lane in basketball. That's not in the spirit of the game. The spirit of the game in football is tackling. That is part of the game. That is a big part of the game. So you're destroying the spirit of the game when you start removing things like that and making it more of a skill thing. And then here's another thing. In America, so we have these people hollering about how brutal football is and how violent the hits are, and I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying there's not risk. Of course there is. But how can we sit here and say that we want to continue to make football softer while we still have sports like boxing and MMA where the point is to give the other guy a concussion? It's the goal of the fight is to give the other guy a concussion. And we're trying to avoid it at all costs in other sports. It seems counterintuitive to me. Uh, more, to, more, uh, more on this in just a little bit. I know I got riled up. I'm getting started this morning. I'm getting started this evening. I'm, I'm just really getting started to get antsy here about this. I got a lot more to say, but we'll bring in Jeff Ireland and talk local high school football next. <laughs> Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM, the US 51 Country mobile app. Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home has proudly served families from Tipton and its surrounding counties in their times of need for generations. In fact, Houston Moss is their third-generation funeral director. Like his uncle and grandfather before him, Houston will explain all the different options available to your family. 
Whether you're planning an unexpected funeral or pre-planning your own, trust Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home to make the process as easy as possible. Tipton County Head Start Open Enrollment is currently ongoing at 410 Alston Street in Covington, Monday through Friday from 8 until 3 p.m. The following documentation will be needed to complete your child's application. Proof of child's age, 10 care or insurance card, name, address, and phone number of at least three emergency contacts and proof of income. Children with disabilities are encouraged to apply. We will take applications from pregnant women and children from birth to three years of age. Northwest Tennessee EDC requires no fees to participate. If you have questions, contact Patricia Mason, Kathy Crook, or Center Coordinator Bev Roberts at 901-476-7488. Under mostly cloudy skies, our unsettled weather pattern will continue. High temperatures in the low to mid 80s with winds out of the south. Near 70 overnight with our latest cold front pushing through. North winds are back. Rain ending and highs holding in the mid 70s for your Wednesday. Racket Club proud to introduce a new wellness program, Live Well. Wellness is not a destination, it's a lifestyle. Call the Racket Club at 901-765-4444. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. U.S. 51 Country Community Calendar. If your church, civic group, or nonprofit organization has an event coming up or important information that you would like to share on the community calendar, we'd love to hear from you. Send the details to Public Service Director in care of U.S. 51 Country, 101 WKBL Drive, Covington, Tennessee, 38019, or visit the website us51country.com and click on Calendar to post your information. Welcome back to Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM. It's going to be fun on the bun. And welcome back. It's Adam and Chad joined now by the sports editor for the Leader and the Collierville Herald, Jeff Ireland, in to talk local high school football. Uh-oh. But we don't have him. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of right there. Up is the uh, the uh, uh, I was I was very afraid of that happening right there. Uh, I will have to try in just a moment to get Jeff back on the phone, Adam. While I'm doing that, uh, make sure you update everybody on how to join Adam and Chad Army and be a fan and vote in the poll and uh, tell them all of the people that are in the poll. That's right, right. We got tonight with in the poll. If, if you've already may have already voted, or if you haven't yet, uh, we got Mac Fulham from Tipton Rosemark. We have uh, Keontae Newsom from Brighton, and we got Cortarian Moore from Ripley, and then Kenneth Walker the third from Arlington. Uh, Mac Fulham had a big game uh, this week. He had seven carries for eighty-two yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, Keontae had six receptions for one hundred eight yards, two touchdowns, six tackles, a forced fumble, and an interception. And then Cortarian had. 22 carries for 262 yards and six touchdowns. And then, of course, Kenneth Walker from Arlington had 53 carries for 252 yards, two touchdowns, three receptions, 28 for 28 yards, another touchdown, and then an interception. So everybody had really good games. Uh, they were – everybody's been voting right now. It looks like Mac Fulham's leading Keontae by about 10, 12 votes. So if you haven't voted yet, you got time till uh, 7 o'clock. So we'll, we'll – once we – do that there's you might have some time to close the gap there for brighton it looks like yeah it's 133 to 125 at the moment so hey chad you got him now we got a busy signal <laughs> it's something going on with the phones here all right uh 
But like I said, always make sure I uh, go to the fans. If you haven't never voted before and you're curious how to go to the fans of Adam and Chad. Is it ringing? No. Fans of Adam and Chad, and uh, you can get your vote. Once you become a member there, you can vote. And also make sure to like our page, and that way you can keep track of when we post the new uh, polls each week. And then, of course, every week we do it, usually on Sunday night. Sometimes it goes into Monday. So if you don't see it on Sunday night, you can definitely catch it sometimes on Monday. It will be up definitely the day before, no matter. And then you can vote all the way up until about 7 o'clock. We usually announce it right after the halftime break. It's a little after 7 for the people that may not be new to the show. And also, we see also you can, uh, if you want to catch us through other ways, you can get us on Twitter at Adam Chad Sports. Also, like I said, you can see it because it's right here on Facebook. If you into the apps, you have the iHeart, you got iTunes, we also have the Spreaker.com. And normally you can call us, but uh, we're having some issues with the phones right now. But uh, yeah. we're having some issues. Jeff, uh, try calling back on uh, that line if you can once again, and we'll try to get that up. But uh, I don't, uh, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out here in just a second. Maybe part of that Verizon mess. That's I guess I could take this on the phone graphic off right now because yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not there. Yeah, there's he's been some... not on the phone. I took up most of the last segment talking about the softness of the NFL, though. What's your take on it? I, you know, I kind of feel like it's ridiculous with the rules. They're kind of getting that way with, uh, like they did there for a little while. The college football with the targeting rule, it was just crazy, a little overbearing with some of. And of course, they they modified it, and I think it's better than what it was. You know, now that they do the instant replay and go back and check it out, and some of them they'll still give them the penalty, but they don't remove people from the game. I think. Uh, the one with the NFL is getting pretty bad. Um, it's the the whole thing with putting your weight on that. You said guys that that big, they just can't stop midair and change that. I think I do believe in safety and all that, maybe for the quarterbacks, but it's getting ridiculous. I, especially with Matthews, uh, two weeks in a row now, he's just gotten messed over, and and you could see from the video, and I can't see how any of the officials would see that and not know that it wasn't deliberate. Now we have seen in the past where somebody purposely drives them into the ground in a malicious way and that's where they can call it and it doesn't happen that often so i think they really need to look at it under a microscope i mean they can leave the rule in place or change the wording a little bit and okay if somebody does drive them in the ground like literally picks them up and drives them in and it's obvious from the video evidence then okay but anything outside of that i, I think they need to get over it because they're going to get hurt from landing on people certain ways and things like that so uh also um i might class you talking the kickoff and punt are eventually going away and the rate they're going probably so i i feel like that could i hate that i hope they don't do away with it but i feel like that's the the goofy rules are going to keep getting out of control but we do have a chance that some of the other leagues that are coming around you know you got the other uh like an nfl light coming here this year and then you'll also have um the xfl coming in in 2020 so maybe that'll change some of this rule mess up all right so uh standing by now we have jeff ireland on the phone and uh you see you can see now on the screen how i'm having to do this i'm having to actually hold the phone physically to the microphone because it's not working but uh (laughs) this is we work hard to make things happen here and we've got jeff ireland on the phone jeff can you hear me fine Say that again. Okay, this is yeah. not going to work either. Yeah, we'll How's that not phone? coming through the microphone? You can put it on speaker, maybe if we turn it up loud enough. We I don't think that's going to work. You don't think it'll work? Because <laughs> I can just barely hear him 
But uh, um, I don't look. Uh, Will uh, Jeff? I'll call you back in just a second. I'll get something <laughs> else going. I'm we'll gonna I'm gonna use um, my uh, speakerphone on my. Try that. Uh, yeah, that that'd probably work better on my phone here. And, uh, in the meantime, yeah, and Cody, uh, we'll, you're you're right. He's saying uh, Cody said we should start somewhere, start ridiculous and work your way back like the target. And I I, I think that's where we're headed. But I don't know. NFL's kind of hard headed. Uh, they might just go. You know what? No, that's our rule, and they'll stick with you know, the dumpster fire and just let it keep going. I hope they don't. I hope they, you know, do the, you know, start ridiculous and then they learn from their mistakes and will at least bend on that rule because I feel like if they leave it like it is, it's going to be very bad for the league. And I see where a team had put apparently football should come with pillows now. Yeah, they're about to start doing like Joey from Friends and start wrapping uh, the package and, you know, <laughs> yeah, bubble wrap was, around each other's heads. Uh, okay, now we've got Jeff. I've got him on speakerphone on uh, my my handy dandy iPhone. So Jeff, now are you with us? I am with you guys. I'm ready, ready to roll, ready to, to uh, dispense some knowledge. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, we uh, we'll get right into high school football with you. First of all, uh, I noticed an excellent article by a great new writer this week about Brighton High School. So tell us a little bit about this brilliant freelancer. Yeah, I mean, Steve Holt does a good job. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I, that, that was a good job, Chad. Yeah, I liked how you, I was wondering if you were going to work in the whole security thing into it, you know. I was wondering if you were going to do that, and I was hoping that you would, and you did, so. I was thinking it would get journalism. edited out. I, I was afraid no, it would get edited no, out. I like that kind of stuff. That's part of the story, so yeah, yeah. I thought it might have just been a flowery story about Brighton, you know, winning, but. You actually talked about, you know, the real stuff going on. So, yeah, good job. I might give it a thumbs up. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, Whatever that's worth, yeah. Now, on to uh, talking about high school football, though. We'll start with the Brighton game. Brighton had a lot of trouble uh, at first with fumbling the ball, and the defense has come up big in a couple of spots but uh, really shown weaknesses throughout the year. But – they were able to get the win. So now Brighton sitting at two and four doesn't look pretty, but two and one in the region puts them tied for third. Yeah, I mean, you know, basically everything is still in front of them as far as what they hope to do this year. I mean, that's the good way to look at it. I mean, the bad way to look at it is, you know, it was Overton, they're winless, and they've been blown out a bunch, and Brighton struggled with them a bit. So I don't know. You know, I would say the jury's still out on Brighton. To be perfectly honest, you know, maybe they'll, they'll pull it together, but, you know, to keep it real, that wasn't really a great performance against a team they should probably have beaten a lot by a lot more. So, but, but like you said, they're two and one. I mean, they've got a bunch, they've got, I think they have, is it Kingsbury they're playing next? It or is. somebody? Yeah, yeah Kingsbury. So they'll knock that out. They'll be three and one. And they're going to have some games coming up that'll decide, you know, their playoff fate. I mean, right. that region, it's really a clear cut region. There's five teams. The, the top five teams are really clearly who they are, and four of them are going to make the playoffs, and one isn't. You know, so that's Brighton, Munford, uh, Ridgeway, Southwind, and Kirby. You know, the other three are not going to make the playoffs. So those five, four are going to make it. One's going to be left out, and you know, we'll see. That that'll be decided over the next you know three or four weeks. Yeah, uh, and speaking of uh, now, a team that was impressive in a loss was Munford with the way that uh, they played against Ridgeway. Now, they ended up losing by, like, 22. But the scoreboard doesn't really tell the story. They were in that game for a while. They were. I mean, they led 2014 at halftime, and um, 
you know, they, they had a, one of their classic long drives in the second quarter and kind of had Ridgeway, had Ridgeway reeling. That's kind of hard to say. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I really thought they had a chance to win that game. And the second half just went the wrong way pretty quickly. And that was a weird second half because usually Mufford wears teams down and they sort of surge ahead in the second half in the games that they win. And that just didn't happen. So I don't know. But yeah, overall, I would say it was encouraging. I mean, Ridgeway's good. Now, they ended that game with just one win and four losses, but they played, I think, Olive Branch and uh, MUS and just some, and Kirby. They played some really tough teams, so they're they're a good team. So I think Munford proved that they're you know they're they're a, a team to to be reckoned with in that region for sure. Now, do you feel, Jeff, that some of the injuries may have uh, had anything to do with the sway and the momentum in that game? Because I've seen where there were some couple injuries in that in the Munford game. game. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean. I know um, Noah Robertson got hurt, but that was really late in the game. Was it? okay? He got he got a concussion really late in the game, so that didn't really affect it. And uh, Jay Sean Adell came out of the game for like a series. I think he cramped up, but not really. I, I don't think so. Unless there were some injuries I wasn't aware of. Right. I don't really think that was a factor in them losing that game. But yeah, Noah Robertson he had a great game. The very first uh, play from scrimmage, he ran seventy five yards for a touchdown. He ended up with about one hundred sixty seventy yards and. He, you know, he was he was cart off in ambulance at the end of the game. So I haven't really checked with Coach Markle to see how 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 he is now. But yeah. I would be shocked if he's going to play the next game. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, when you see a guy in a neck brace get loaded to an ambulance, you, it's hard to imagine he's going to play the right. following week. So and I doubt he'll be there next week. But I would I think, we'll yeah, I would think concussion protocol would keep him out for a week. Well, and I did have confirmation that they he was home and okay or doing okay. So I do know that. I remember seeing some confirmation from somebody within the or within the school that said that he was. Uh, now, whether or not he'll play that, I don't know. <laughs> I would imagine not, but you know. Yeah, I would yeah, say that's it. a tough game. Yeah, they got Southwind, you know, um, next week or this week at home, and that's a, you know they're pretty much just like Ridgeway, so they need all hands on deck. So without him, that's it's going to be a tough tough assignment, but. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, uh, Tipton Rosemark took care of business, uh, and Macville and Jake Rome both standing out again this week. Uh, they're on their way to a, a good season once again. Uh, looking forward to that showdown with Fayette Academy coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, that should be a good one. Uh, I think I checked on Fayette Academy a little while ago, and I think they're doing they're doing well. So. Um... That's going to be a key game for them. and They have a heard, kid at quarterback that is phenomenal at Fayette Academy. Yeah, I've heard about him, and that's going to be a lot to deal with. So that's, like we talked about before, they, they have the, it's a weird schedule with Rosemark. They have a bunch of games where it seems like all the games are, are sort of not predetermined exactly, but you figure they're going to go one way or the other. But that's one that's, that's not predetermined. So, um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a test. Um, so, you know, that's... That's going to be a key game. If they can knock that out, they'll be in good shape trying to get a home playoff game. Well, now I know uh, you don't cover uh, Fayetteware or Ripley, but Ripley beating Fayetteware this weekend and Criterion Moore getting six touchdowns. Did you get a chance to see any of the stats from that game? Uh, no, I hadn't had a chance to take a look at that. Six touchdowns on the ground by Criterion Moore, Ripley versus Fayetteware. Ripley come away with a big win over Fayetteware. Yeah, that's good for Ripley. They've, they've been up and down the last – you know, several years, so mm-hmm. they're kind of due to, to have a good season. So, yeah, that's, you know, that, that's a – how many you say, six touchdowns in a game? Six touchdowns, yeah. The yeah. One player. <laughs> any, 
Yeah, any way you uh, look at it, that's that's an impressive uh, stat line. So yeah, that's that'll be interesting. That's you know I don't follow Ripley as much as I used to. They used to be in Covington Region all the time. Now they're not. But right. Yeah, they're yeah they've you know, old Coach Wheeler used to coach there, so um, he's probably got an eye on that. But yeah, that's that's good for them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeff, anything else we need to be aware of or looking out for this week? Uh, do you guys know what uh, what Julian is? Talk about the the little smoke pipe things. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Adam knows. Okay. Yeah. okay. I don't smoke. Just I've never smoked a day. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell I know you that. why he knows. <laughs> I, I can tell you why he knows. Because one day uh, we were uh, driving down Highway 51 and saw on the sign at the gas station, it says, we now have jewel pods. And I said, what is that? And he said, I don't know, some kind of candy, I think. And we looked it up and found out yeah. it was uh, <laughs> like some kind of vaping thing. Yeah. It's an electronic cigarette. Yeah, the, yeah. the reason I bring it up is that, I just wrote a story about, you know, the kid who who uh, got onto the Mufford High School campus. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. He was going to smoke thing. the building uh, up. I got the police report uh, yesterday, so I wrote a story and kind of looked into that and kind of did a uh, thing about what jeweling is and, and all that. So that's at CovingtonLeader.com if you want to check it out. But, yeah, so I got a, a deep it, look into what, what happened there. So Does yeah. it make you high? No, it's, it's, just an, it's just an electronic cigarette. but You can, you can use it to get high. You can put a cannabis oil into right. it so, to right. So you're saying instead of putting a jewel pot, he put a Tide pot up in there. I'm not, not right. saying he did anything. I'm saying <laughs> he can. I, I, I was just a being a <laughs> It's just because that's like the whole millennial yeah, joke. Yeah. The, the police but. officer who covered it did say that she believed he was uh, high on some intoxicant. Right. So whether or not it was that or not, <laughs> we don't know for sure. But it, it was a wild wild story and it's got a lot of attraction on our, on our website so yeah it was pretty interesting kind of looking into that and i did some research on Julian and well you know uh uh actually uh, that kid uh, so i saw the uh photo you guys put the mugshot in the paper and uh so i look at it and i'm thinking what in the world has this kid got on his face right and uh then somebody said, and somebody was shocked at my reaction, but uh, so somebody told me, they said, well, he's like in a heavy metal band or something. And I said, oh, okay, well, then that makes more sense. And they're like, really? Does it make more sense for him to have? But I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I, make up, I make up on a, on somebody in a rock band right. makes a lot more sense than I make up on Joe Average walking down the street. Right, because Green Day, the lead singer of Green Day's had it. a baseball player with the eye black on. He just, right. He, he, he's like a little bit closer to his eye than you're supposed to. He thought he was there to play baseball he was confused he, he, he had a couple of them tide pods and didn't know and also something i saw i've been seeing on social media and since there's people listening know something to clarify too the guy did not have a weapon they kept it that was the big thing yeah, about it right yeah. awesome with a you know a firearm and all that and that was further you know i, I read i've seen tons of stories about that so and it was handled fairly quickly by the yes. staff so just yeah. be proud that you've got it a good staff well and everything and it was very well handled by yeah. them uh, yes, uh, our, our, our Penny Barnes took him down, so she she took care of the situation. Oh. So shout out to Penny Barnes, the uh, school resource officer at Mufford High School. She uh, she took care of business. We all know her. She's a, she's a good yep. good woman. Now, uh, also another story you guys have at the leader uh, that I wanted to point out before we let you go was uh, the new uh, police chief at Munford, Randall Baskin. And right. just wanted to point out that uh, I happen to know for a fact because uh, about maybe a month, two months ago, something like that, uh, I actually met him, first time I'd ever met him, uh, And uh, but he recognized me from the show. So he listens to the show, which just goes to tell you 
that being a member of the AC Army has benefits in life. You'll you'll go places, <laughs> starting with this show, and it'll get you places. You I'm never telling know you. who you meet in the group. You get smarter. You get smarter just by listening. <laughs> what army is that? The AC Army, Adam Chad Army. Oh, I wasn't familiar with that. Is, is, are there membership fees, or do I get like a free free uh, entrance into it? Or it's four ninety nine a year. <laughs> Okay. Okay. You get uh and you get uh Adam Chad Koozie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll look into that. I'll check my check my expense account and see what I have available left. But uh yeah, Randall he Randall's actually lives across the street from me. Randall does so yeah, I'm very familiar with Randall, so yeah, he's he's a good man. I think he'll do a good job. And you know, his son is a awesome baseball player at Covington, Austin Baskin. He's great player so uh, oh okay yeah, yeah. i didn't well, realize that was his son austin that Baskin. Is his son. yeah yes even though he lives in mufford he, he goes to covington so yeah he's a great baseball player committed to the university of memphis so wait a minute yes born. i did i talked to him about yeah. that that day actually that yeah. i met him now that i remember that yeah i i do but uh yeah well i know he has good taste in uh radio slash television shows uh and so i like him already yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a nice, quiet, good neighbor. So we've been neighbors for about 15 years now. So, yeah, I, I can vouch for him. And now maybe you've got yourself a little bit of uh, leeway with the law around there. Uh, that would, that always comes in handy. You never know what I might, what kind of shenanigans I might get into. So That's right. I'm definitely ready to say, I know I know Randall Baskin. You know, cut me a break. I'm, yep. I've already got that in my You ever uh, get in a yeah, fight with like, a McDonald's employee over your order or something? Who you, knows? Yeah. It, it could be anything. Well, Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. We'll talk to you again uh, next week, as always, and we appreciate you coming on the show. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Well, when we come back, uh, we will talk about college football, the week in college football, and what we took away from that. That's coming up. We'll also give you our uh, – Player of the week, had as player of the week. Sorry, right. I lost my train of thought. And speaking had of had as player of the week, go ahead, Mister uh, Newsom. That's on our player of the week. He's actually from Brighton. He had popped in and said, "Oh man, people aren't able to. It's not letting people vote." And he put a smile, like the little smiley laughing face. So I don't uh, emoji. So I don't know if he's messing around or just trying. To, which he's catching back up. But yeah, if, if you can't vote, make sure they're going to the fans of Adam and Chad and you got about twenty member, minutes. Right, they you got, got about time. twenty minutes to get your vote in. About eighteen minutes really to get your vote in. And and uh, so go ahead and do that. Facebook.com uh, slash Adam Chaz Force is where our page is. I'm not exactly sure the address for the, the fans, but you have to join the fan group. Adam approves them immediately when we're on the air. So uh, if, we're, if you go right now, if you're not a member of the group, then you can join right now. Adam will get it approved quick, and you'll be able to vote in the poll. That's Facebook's rule. That's not our rule. We would let everybody vote, but Facebook makes the rules we don't. So uh, go on there and uh, cast your vote for Hat Ads Player of the Week. We will return in just a moment to college football on U.S. 51 Country, 93.5 FM, the U.S. 51 Country mobile app.
It's the U.S. 51 Country Dollar Saver Guy with good news. Eat out at great restaurants for half price. Family fun things to do at half price. It's all at half price online at us51dollarsaver.com. There are still great savings available online. Go get yours before they're all gone from us51dollarsaver.com. You ever find yourself locked out of your car that's out of gas, on a flat tire, and a dead battery? If so, you should seriously reevaluate your life choices. And then you should call Whaley's Towing. The Swiss Army knife of towing companies, Whaley's Towing offers so much more than the rest. From lockouts to fuel delivery, tire changes, jump starts, even your auto body services, Whaley's Towing's got you covered. Why, they even offer semi-tractor trailer winch-out tows, pool starts, cargo transfers, cargo container transports, even diaper changes. Ah, scratch that last one. I was just seeing if you was paying attention. With six different locations, you ain't never too far from the professionals at Whaley's Towing. You'll find them in Jackson, Brownsville, Brighton, Somerville, Ripley, and Covington. Whaley's Towing. They don't want to charge you an arm and a leg. They just want your toes. Look them up there on Facebook at Whaley's Towing or call 901-734-7910. September is betting month at Thornton's Furniture in Ripley. There's nothing like a good night's sleep. And Thornton's Furniture can provide you with your best nights ever with an entire line of Scott Living mattresses. And you must see the new adjustable bed. With these fantastic sale prices, you'll think you're dreaming. Come in today. Thornton's Furniture, Highway 51 in Ripley. That's Thornton's Furniture in Ripley. Are you trying to find the perfect home? Maybe you're looking to sell your current one. Whatever your situation is, I want to advise you to contact one of the friendly agents at Remax Rightway in Millington and experience the value of working with a great Remax Rightway agent. They serve Shelby, Tipton, and Fayette counties. One of their experienced agents will help make the buying and selling process painless for you. They'll make it easy by scouting homes, managing inspections, negotiating pricing, and orchestrating transactions for you. So contact one of these great agents at Remax right way in Millington at 901-873-3312 or you can find them online at Remax.com and you'll see why Remax is the number one name in real estate. Remax Rightway agents just do more. Since 1955, R.J. Young has provided businesses with the tools they need to be successful. R.J. Young takes great pride in providing exceptional customer value through the latest office technology solutions, giving our customers confidence in their network and more time to focus on what really matters, their business. From document scanning to workflow solutions, we just might surprise you with all we're able to do for our customers. Visit rjyoung.com discover today. Hi, I'm James. And I'm Doug. And together, we're, we're Summit, Summit Roofing. Roofing. Not everyone plans on replacing their roof. Give us a call for a free estimate or roof inspection to let one of our trained professionals come out and help you every step of the way. We also specialize in metal, commercial, and residential roof systems to help you with all your roofing needs. We offer financing. Check us out at SummitRoofingAndRestoration.com, Facebook, or our great standing with the BBB. Let our 40 years of combined experience lead the way to an honest approach to help you with your problems. Give us a call at 901-430-1974. Again, that's 901-430-1974. Under mostly cloudy skies, our unsettled weather pattern will continue. High temperatures in the low to mid-80s with winds out of the south. Near 70 overnight with our latest cold front pushing through. North winds are back. Rain ending and highs holding in the mid-70s for your Wednesday. 
Racket Club proud to introduce a new wellness program, Live Well. Wellness is not a destination, it's a lifestyle. Call the Racket Club at 901-765-4444. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. What is going on? Welcome back to Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM. Some people are dumb. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we can't help it. <laughs> back here on Adam and Chad uh, talking college football now. Memphis over the weekend. Struggle with South Alabama. First half it was tied 21-21. It was very disappointing. And this team just doesn't play well in the rain, Adam. They just they don't. don't. No, it's like they, it's like playing on a slip and slide or something. They, they just now the one thing they did do this time different from against Navy, they didn't turn the ball over a bunch. They didn't do that, but they played like absolute garbage. Like they, everybody look at the stat and you go, oh well, they put up this many points. Well, no, it was basically Mr. Henderson handled that. Without him, they probably would have lost that game. I really believe, firmly believe they would have lost that game. And I'm scared now that there's some other games that without him, say he goes down with a minor injury, they're probably going to lose some games because of it because the quarterback play just isn't – he's just not Not Ferguson. in that particular not, game anyway. Yeah, we'll he showed see. some flashes of greatness, but I just – Well, I don't know greatness, but, uh, I mean, he's shown serviceable. Or flashes of good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tulane, I think, will be a test after seeing what they did against South Alabama going down to Tulane. Right. Uh, could be a test for them too, uh, and it, they got to have it. See, now Navy has dropped a game, so right. all Thanks, you SME. need is Navy to lose another uh, conference game, and you're back on track. If you went out to win your side of the conference, bad news on that is you got to play UCF. Right. So they'll get Tulane away, and then they will come back home and play UConn, and they'll play UCF and Missouri back-to-back. Right, and that's, mm. that's going to be a tough stretch for them. Now, on uh, the good side of things, Memphis Tigers, Daryl Henderson, still the number one running back in the country. Uh, 101, I think, or 110 all-purpose yards, uh, more than the next guy behind him. Uh, so, He's uh, uh, the number one back in the country right now and uh, starting to get a little, little, small, little whispers of Heisman buzz uh, behind him. We'll have to see how it goes because, honestly, the loss to Navy almost automatically disqualifies him from, well, from he was never going to win it. So nobody from Memphis will ever win it. But uh, the uh, it's he could have gone, gone to New York. But I don't know if the Navy loss will hold them. Probably not if they won out, but drop another couple of games, and then he's not even going to New York no matter how good his season is. Right. Uh, so, But it would be nice to have a player up there in New York, so we'll have to follow that and see how that goes. Tennessee looked terrible. Yeah, that I was mean, a shocker. It, not to say, Memphis looked bad too, okay? And uh, this is like Memphis is up and down, up and down. Look good, look bad. Look good, look bad. And the rain, apparently, is something that they're not prepared to contend with. They can't play in the rain, period. Right. Tennessee looked awful. And I mean awful in the respect that Florida's not good. They just got schooled by Kentucky, who's not bad, but they hadn't lost to Kentucky in like 30 years. Right. And they just got schooled by them. They go to your place at Neyland Stadium, 
and beat you like a drum, man, that's that's some real bad stuff there for Tennessee. I was honestly disappointed because it's not that it's not that they lost. Jeremy Pruitt's first year is going to have ups and downs and be rocky, right? You're trying to change a culture. You're trying to uh, get people to buy into your system. You're dealing with whatever Butch left behind. And, and so there's a lot to work through. But you should have had them up for this game. I mean, Tennessee doesn't get up for a Florida game. When have you seen that happen? Yeah. I, I mean, th- that was crazy. They were not ready for that at all. Well, and I think I think there's more to it going on because it's looking like the fact that, you know, he had a player that wouldn't refuse to go out and play. Of course, there's some speculation on that story as to what really happened there. You know, he's claiming, no, I, they told me I couldn't or something along that line. But even the fact that that even happened tells you there's more to it. And, of course, there's a people out there, oh, you know, see, Pruitt lost – he's lost control of Pruitt. No, what it is – He's never had it. That's what right. it is. Well, he never had it. And – he doesn't play around. I believe that he, the guy probably, I'm not going, he's fine. Don't you you stay in the lot. You know, I, I can see him doing that. He Pruitt's one of those kind of coaches. I've seen how he goes at Alabama. He doesn't mess around. Same thing with Kirby at Georgia. They're, they have that no nonsense. And right now he's trying to weed out the babies from the real football I'll players. Give you, and he's uh, having a hard time doing it. Apparently. Let so, me, uh, I didn't see this coming though. At let all. me give you a theory. Pruitt. I don't know what kind of head coach he'll turn out to be. But I think he's much like Charlie Strong was. He's in a position much like Charlie Strong was at Texas. I think that uh, Charlie Strong, the reason he didn't succeed at Texas is because the culture was so corrupt. As far as, and when I say corrupt, I don't mean necessarily criminal, but I'm saying the culture was so bad there and the discipline was so bad at Texas, and they put their players on such a high pedestal there and let them get away with whatever that there wasn't any discipline, Charlie Strong comes in, and he starts kicking people off the team because he doesn't put up with that stuff. Right, and that's the same thing that's happened here. But they don't give him time to build back with talented people who will be disciplined. They just get mad at him because he kicked the talented players out. Right, and that's the same kind of boat. You're right. It's the same kind of situation going here, and Tennessee's administration is going to have to understand, look – Get him, let him get a couple of recruiting classes. Then if it don't work, I'd say two years, okay. And then go, and this is know, nothing but, against Penny. Same thing happened with Tubby oh, Smith. Right. Tubby and, Smith and Charlie Strong both got kind of done over by the administration, not the administration, by the fan base who kicked them out for kicking people off the team that were discipline problems just because they were talented because they're used to letting them get away with whatever they want. Now, and I don't know how Memphis got that way because it wasn't that way under Calipari. I can remember Calipari putting out public curfews, telling anybody and everybody who saw his kid, one of his players out after curfew to snap a picture and send it to the university and he would suspend them. And everybody was fine with that kind of discipline. Right. Josh Pastner comes along and everybody knows that was the biggest knock on him was he had no control over him. Right. He he was too he was, nice. Yeah, he was I, too I nice. Mean, it's, it's kind of a knock, but it is. I understand. I mean, so they, he's a good person. It's just he's right. too Right, so they knock nice. him. They knock him for that. And then they hire Tubby. And Tubby, within one year, has had enough of this, uh, you got to hire my daddy or I won't be on the team right. and, and uh, all of this, you know, I'm a star. And, and, and he's just enough with that. I'm not fooling with that. And uh, so you can go somewhere else if you want to. And everybody has a fit because Tubby's a disciplinarian. And they get rid of him. And it may happen at Tennessee. I hope not. 
and also, like I said, I don't know. Jeremy Pruitt may turn out to be a rotten head coach. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I hope he gets the chance to prove what kind of head coach he is and yeah. actually instill some discipline because right now what the problem is at Tennessee is the same problem they had at Texas, and that's there's no discipline. The culture is corrupted. Right, and I saw some arguments online and some in some different blogs and things where people are going back and forth about the whole Pruitt and comparing him to Kirby going to Georgia, which is, you can't compare because Kirby went into a much better situation. And, yeah, I believe Pruitt and Kirby have the same pedigree of coaching. It's just now – I even knew it at Alabama. Kirby is a little more um, conservative about things, whereas Pruitt's kind of a go-get he's, – he's a fierier guy than Kirby is. But Pruitt has a much bigger – like you said, the whole it's like a whole Texas situation there. It's going to take a couple years to fix all this. The, he's got to fix the culture, not just – you know, plug and place and things. Whereas Kirby walked into a pretty decent situation with some veteran players. Everybody was somewhat disciplined for the most part. They just couldn't quite get over that hump. And this right. in Tennessee, though, it's a complete rebuild. And I, I think the fans, you know, they need to need to see how for now next year if he doesn't bring in a top ten recruiting class and you don't see a marked improvement with him next year. Okay, I, I don't think he's going to be top ten. But, well, but uh, I'm just knowing his recruiting pedigree. I yeah, I, I just for me, I'd be like, come on, man, but. I mean, it's coming from an Alabama guy, but and I'm not just big on Pruitt. I believe if he don't do good in a couple of years, no, go ahead and let him go because he may not. Because I mean, not all Alabama guys have been. I mean, McElwain was decent, but he didn't turn out great at Florida. And uh, speaking of that, real quick, also uh, Cody mentioned that uh, in Florida's defense, Kentucky had beat beat the mess out of Mississippi State this week. And it's, yeah, Kentucky turned out to be better than we thought. And Florida I'm not, is better than we thought. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not but, saying yeah. that, but I'm just what I'm saying is that Tennessee should have competed. What it doesn't yeah, when, even when Florida was competing for national championships, Tennessee was able to get up for that game and compete with them. And so this is a problem with being able to get your players behind you. And so it's definitely a coaching issue. I just wonder if it's more of a disciplinary issue with the guys at Tennessee, with the culture. Like I said, I, I think the culture is much like Texas. Here's what I think the problem is at Texas. And I think the problem at Tennessee is this way, too. They have all the swagger that they had when they were actually winning football games, but they're not winning anymore. They haven't been relevant in years. In the case of Tennessee, they haven't been relevant in 15 years. Yeah. In, in the case of uh, Texas, you know, it's uh, more like the last, you know, seven, eight years. Yeah. Uh, or, or going on even. 10 years because the last time they were relevant was right when Mac Brown, the, they were in the 2009 championship against Alabama. And it seemed like after that year, once McCoy left and Mac, that's when Mac Brown, it went downhill from there. It, but, and, uh, but the problem is the players still walk around with the swagger like they're competing for national titles every right, year. Right, right. And they're still being treated around town and on campus like the greatest thing since sliced bread and so they walk around with this attitude and the coach allows it allows right. them to get this cocky attitude like well we're tennessee well when you come in and you overestimate yourself against everybody you're basic you're basically overlooking everybody it's kind of like when alabama had to play utah in the bowl game and alabama thought they should have gotten a better bowl or a national yeah, championship or something the title game. yeah, they, yeah they, they thought they should have been in the title game they ended up playing uh, utah in the fiesta bowl and they thought utah was at the time utah was a a, a powerless uh, conference. Five, yeah. uh, they, they were not in the Pac-12 at the time. Uh, Utah was in like the WAC or something. And so they, Alabama felt insulted and they felt like they were going in and they're just going to run over them like they do every other non-power team. And uh, 
Utah waxed them. And that's where I feel like Tennessee and Texas are every game. I feel like they come into every game thinking that they're the, uh, immediately the favorite because of the name on their jersey. And at this point, they almost never are. Right. Now, right. in Texas's defense, they pulled out a couple of big uh, 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 big games here lately. Yeah. Here lately, they did surprise because I was very surprised that they – looks like Herman's got them sort of going that way, but I don't almost know. Almost losing – like, like competing hard against Tulsa, I think, woke them up. That yeah. losing that first week and then uh, to Maryland and then a uh, terrible Maryland right. and then and then the Tulsa game even though they won it I think it woke them up and uh, maybe Herman's starting to get a hold of the reins now over there at Texas maybe. but like I said I think that's the problem there I think that's the problem at Tennessee the problem at Tennessee is you're walking around like you're somebody because of the name on your jersey and you're not earning the respect. Right you're thinking you should be giving it because of the name on your jersey. And that's that's the culture problem that Tennessee has. It's the culture problem Texas has. And it's uh, a little bit the culture problem that Memphis basketball has had. We'll see how Penny does it uh, from here on out. We're going to have to go to halftime now. When we come back, we will uh, talk about – oh, no, I'm sorry. When we come back, we'll have the player of the week winner announced here on Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM and the US 51 Country mobile app. First, we'll take a news break and then we'll give you your halftime score update. From Henning to Halls, it's US 51 Country 93.5 FM. WKBQ, Covington. USA Radio News. Today, President Trump addressed the United Nations General Assembly. The president spoke for just about an hour, and one of the things he discussed was OPEC and the OPEC nations ripping off the United States and other countries. OPEC and OPEC nations are, as usual, ripping off the rest of the world, and I don't like it. We defend many of these nations for nothing, and then they take advantage of us by giving us high oil prices. Not good. We want them to stop raising prices. We want them to start lowering prices, and they must contribute substantially to military protection from now on. Today, Bill Cosby was sentenced to three to ten years in jail for drugging and sexually assaulting a woman at his home. Cosby is the first celebrity of the Me Too era to be sent to prison. Mr. Cosby did not address the court before his sentence. You're listening to USA Radio News. This is a national health alert from the Healthcare Hotline. Are you on Medicare and or have private insurance and suffer from back pain? MD Topical has a solution for you. Today, you can qualify to receive a pain-relieving treatment, such as a comfortable back brace or a customized pain treatment at little or no cost. Call MD Topical toll-free now, 888-998-7225. It just takes a couple of minutes to qualify for these amazing treatments that have helped thousands of people with severe pain. Your personalized pain treatment will be delivered directly to your door. Call MD Topical toll-free, 888-998-7225, 888-998-7225, or go to mdtopical.com and get started on your road to a pain-free life. Call MD Topical toll-free, 888-998-7225, or go to mdtopical.com. The divorce rate in the United States is falling. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes has the details. 
The researchers say it's all thanks to millennials and Generation Xers. A new University of Maryland study finding divorce rates fell 18% between 2008 and 2016 because millennials and Generation Xers have been waiting longer to get married, making sure they're marrying the right person. It also helps that they're more financially stable than people in their age groups were at one time. Meanwhile, baby boomers continue to get divorced and remarried over and over again, even into their 70s. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Cody Wilson, the owner of a Texas company that sells blueprints for making untraceable 3D printed guns, has resigned from the firm after being arrested on charges of having sex with an underage girl. Wilson is accused of paying a 16-year-old girl $500 for sex in Austin, Texas. You're listening to USA Radio News. All right, it's halftime and time for the halftime score update. The National League race is so tight right now in baseball. It's funny because it's football season, and I don't pay attention to baseball that much anyway. Uh, I keep up with the Cardinals a little bit, and other than that, until October, I don't usually care. But what amazed me is Adam and I were sitting at the game uh, on Saturday at the Memphis football game. And I looked over at him. I was looking on my phone at some different things. I looked over at him and I said, do you realize that we've only got like eight games left, like a week left in Major League Baseball's regular season, and only one team in the National League has clinched a playoff spot yet? And that was the Atlanta Braves, and they had just clinched the night before. It is crazy tight in the NL this year. Royals lead the Reds 1-0. They've been delayed. Uh, The Yankees lead the Rays 1-0 in the top of the third. Nationals lead the Marlins 3-0 top of the fourth. Astros lead the Blue Jays 2-0 bottom of the third. Braves and Mets tied at 0 at the bottom of the first. The Orioles-Red Sox game has been postponed with the makeup date of tomorrow. And the Indians-White Sox game has been delayed. The Pirates-Cubs game has been delayed. There's a lot of rain and stuff going on, so... uh, don't be surprised if a lot of these games either get postponed to tomorrow or delayed till late in the night. But still trying to sort out the standings for Major League Baseball. Right now, what we have is, as soon as it pulls up in front of me there, uh, in the American League, Boston has clinched the AL East and the Yankees have clinched the wild card spot. Cleveland clinched the AL Central wild card spot. Still up for grabs, uh, but uh, Houston has now clinched the West, and Oakland will get the other wild card spot. So it looks like that uh, the AL has completely been decided. Actually, uh, I do. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so it looks like Cleveland will win the Central. Nobody out of the Central will get a wild card spot. Uh, Houston and Oakland are both in the playoffs, but still competing right now for the AL West title. In the National League, still the only team that has clinched. Atlanta clinched the AL East. That's it. Nobody else has clinched a playoff spot. Nobody else has clinched their division uh, in the... In, in the NL Central, the Cubs right now lead. The Brewers are only a game and a half back, and the Cardinals are four and a half games back. In the AL West, the Dodgers lead, and Colorado's only a game and a half back. The next closest there is Arizona at nine games back, so they're not going to make it because they don't have that many games. 
to get there. So it'll be between L.A. and Colorado, uh, and it looks like, though, it'll be between Colorado and St. Louis for the wild card spot. Or they both may get it and beat out the Nationals, and the Nationals may miss the playoffs uh, in uh, in that as well. So, uh, well, no, actually, it looks uh, no, it looks like that probably won't happen. The it looks like the Nationals will probably miss, and uh, I'm just kind of reviewing this as we go on. But uh, the it looks like the best chance is Milwaukee, and then St. Louis or Colorado. We'll probably be battling it out for the other wild card spot. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But the Cardinals may be in the playoffs, maybe not. But they're you probably they're only going to get a wild card spot. They're not going to catch the Cubs in the division. All right, we'll be back in thirty seconds, and we'll let you know who won the Hat Ads Player of the Week. Tipton County Head Start open enrollment is currently ongoing at four ten Alston Street in Covington, Monday through Friday from eight until three p.m. The following documentation will be needed to complete your child's application: proof of child's age, ten care or insurance card, name, address, and phone number of at least three emergency contacts and proof of income. Children with disabilities are encouraged to apply. We will take applications from pregnant women and children from birth to three years of age. Northwest Tennessee EDC requires no fees to participate. If you have questions, contact Patricia Mason, Kathy Crook, or Center Coordinator Bev Roberts at 901-476-7488. Welcome back to Adam and Chad. There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. Ain't that the truth? All right. We are back here. US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. The US 51 Country mobile app, Facebook Live. Ritter Tube Town is where you can catch the show later in the week. We'll be joined by Brandon Reed in the next segment from Ritter to Town. But first, we have to announce our Hat Ads Player of the Week uh, poll winner. We put a poll up every week. We let you, the audience, the members of the AC Army uh, fans of Adam and Chad, you get to vote on who wins Player of the Week between the nominees we put up. And you have voted, you have spoken, and Adam, who is the Hat-Ass Player of the Week? All right, it was a tight one this week. It was back and forth all last night and today. It's been back and forth, and then even during the show. Uh, but with a last-second surge and a little bump in it, it's going to be Mac Fullen from Tipton Rosemark. So, Keontae, uh, he was... He's right there on it. He was gaining ground. Just didn't quite quite make it. I, I hope I'm saying your right or name right, but it's Keontae, I think. Yeah, I'm saying Keontae that Newsom. Yeah. He had uh, they were the votes was it was less than ten vote difference. So uh, definitely bright folks to get out there and vote. And yeah, that was a close one. I'm sure Keontae, you have. I mean, that was a great effort out there and a great game Absolutely. for you. I'm sure you'll have another one. So we'll we'll be keeping an eye on you. So uh, you did a good job and. Just like everybody else on here, Mac Fullen, of course, congratulations to him. Then you had Kadarian Moore at Ripley. That was a great guy. I mean, 262 yards and six touchdowns is just crazy. Um, and then the Kenneth Walker, um, the third at Arlington, the running back there, he's been knocking it out all year. So, And I'm sure we'll see Rube Ray and then probably back on this list before too long. Yeah, Rube Ray. <laughs> so, out there a, lot of, a lot of uh, – and, and we're coming up soon on our list. Uh, where we'll put out a list of semifinalists for player of the year. 
Uh, so make sure you keep your eye on the Adam and Chad Facebook page for that. And know that the Hat Ads Player of the Week is, of course, brought to you by Hat Ads Department Store in Munford, the last great department store in America, in my opinion. Uh, you go in there. It, it's a throwback in a way because you can get all kinds of stuff there. You can get parts for your lawnmower and a washing machine and a suit for prom. All in the same all in the place, same and uh, so it, it's uh, it's like a throwback to uh, you know the old days when you had those uh, uh, places in every town had one. Uh, Hat Ads is still doing it. They also have a great online store, hdsoutdoors.com. It's focused on their outdoors products, of which they carry a lot of outdoors products, so you can go and check that out as well. HDS Outdoors, we appreciate them sponsoring the Hat Ads Player of the Week and the Hat Ads Player of the Year Awards. Right, right. And also, I want to mention, yeah, uh, can't ask senior message. He did say, I did say it right. So, Jay, yeah. you're right. <laughs> you got to learn how to pronounce those names that's, right. That's right. That's right. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, guys, they're right. But we thank you. We appreciate you listening, bud, and participating and everything. Like I said, we'll, we're keeping an eye on you. We, we know you'll be back in the running again. So, you just had to round the troops up again next time in the AC Army and get them to vote you in there yep. so you can get that award. You definitely uh, got to get the membership up uh, from your your faction in there. Right. It's okay. uh, it's like a Game of Thrones thing. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, <laughs> we got like, we, and we've got almost 3,500 people in the AC Army. I mean, there's a bunch in there. So I know there's got to be more Brighton people in there. So usually, yeah. typically, and typically Tipton Rosemark comes out as a strong showing every week too. So I, with Mac in there, and uh, we appreciate everybody's participation. Munford, Covington, y'all, same way. So we know when Covington in there, it's going to be a tough one too. So um, and of course we want Ripley and uh, Fayette Academy and all those guys too in Arlington. We got there's a lot of very deserving players, but uh, we appreciate all the participation and everything. We really enjoy it. Make sure you if you haven't to all your friends, make sure you join the Adam and Chad Army over there at fans of Adam and Chad, and uh, we can that way they can vote next time, no problem. Uh, also, uh, uh, the wanted to talk a little more about the Player of the Year thing coming up. Uh, some of the players that just come to mind, and we haven't come down to the semifinalists yet. We haven't made any decisions on that. But uh, the uh, you know Keontae Newsom definitely is one that comes to mind. Uh, yes. Talented receiver and defensive back, uh, and I, I don't know. I know he's uh, visited with a couple of colleges. I actually think he visited Auburn this past weekend if i'm not mistaken uh but uh he uh i think he's more of a defensive back for college i i, I because you only play one side of the ball obviously in college and his pass coverage is great and his ball awareness is great and i mean just a lot of times it's harder to find on the defensive side than it is to find a receiver and uh so i just see him being more of a defensive back in college, I could be totally wrong. I don't know what the coaches that are recruiting him are telling him, but right. uh, that's that's where I see it. But uh, he's obviously a great. When you talked about Rube Ray, the fantastic quarterback at Fayette Academy, he's yeah. great. Kenneth right. Walker the third at Arlington definitely has a bright future in front of him. Uh, he's he's going to be in there, I'm sure. Quartarian Moore at Ripley is doing some great things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brock yeah. Lomax has really come along. I mean, Brock Lomax was missing one part of his game, and that was accuracy. And whether it was receivers that weren't catching the ball or he just wasn't as accurate is debatable, but it's been solved. Whatever the problem was, it's been solved right, because he's, right. he's I think, over 70% on the year this year, and or right around 70%. And uh, 
uh, he's had a fantastic season. And then that stable of running backs they got over there at Covington. Marcus Marcus Hayes and uh, Cordarius Page. And, uh, of course, uh, Kashawn Gant has uh, been hurt for some games. But, I mean, he's another great running back they've got over there. And somebody to look at. And Mumford, you got Deshaun Adele. And and you've got Noah Robertson, who's put in two great years now uh, at least. We hope he's back and fine after last week. So It was injured last week. That's right. Yeah. But and then over at Tipton Rosemark, you got Mac Fullen, you got and Jake, Jake Rohn, uh, and uh, the kicker whose name just escaped my head. And so I'm sorry to you. Uh, I, I apologize. <laughs> to you. out there listening. If you're th- listening, I apologize. <laughs> I, I your name just slipped out of my head. But uh, you really should be. You guys, if you knew how my memory was, you should be proud that I remembered all the other names I just listed <laughs> off. Um, but uh, uh, the their kicker. I saw the guy hit a 47-yarder uh, in uh, just practicing at halftime. I think he's hit a 46 in-game. Uh, he, he's got a great leg, and uh, so uh, he's definitely one to be looking at as well. Hey, have I overlooked anybody this year? Um, I, I can't think of anybody at the moment. I, I'm sure there are. I mean, there's different players that we just had. It's mostly ones that have been in, in our poll already, and, of course, everybody knows, too, everybody that wins in the poll also is up for – player of the year too as you mentioned earlier so uh we have a lot of different things going on and that just the, the winner not necessarily the well we we got a bunch, a bunch of different ways we'll go about doing that and um i i'm sure there's guys that we're leaving out a different thing and so and also we've had some talk about what the defensive players and things you know like, oh, well a lot of those players that are getting the word they play defense too so it's kind of a you know yeah and it's uh, it depends on the co- we get stats too and so. i know that uh there's a couple of things that i'll address the the player of the week poll isn't consistent with when it comes out a lot of that is waiting on stats you wouldn't believe how for a lot of schools stats are so incredibly hard to come by and even in the cases of a lot of schools that keep stats, a lot of schools do not keep defensive stats. And so you're always going to see an advantage uh, for a player who has a stat line that includes defensive stats uh, it, because even if someone else from a school that doesn't keep them had a great defensive game, there's no way of knowing and uh, unless you were there and counted it yourself. And uh, so – uh, that those are some of the problems that we have. So people will say, you know, oh, he was a beast on defense. Why wasn't he on there? Well, it's uh, they don't have any defensive stats. We can't just we we can't put up somebody's name for people that didn't see the game to look at and say this guy was a beast on defense and that's it. I mean, there has to be a stat line there. So that's why you see more offensive players than defensive players because defensive stats are harder to come by than offensive stats. And a lot of times. Uh, the it's we're trying to still get stats together and stats information and so if we know a player if we know we want a player on there and we know he had good stats but we don't have the official stats yet then sometimes we'll hold the poll from release until we get the official stats because there's a guy that we know deserves to be on there but we don't have the exact numbers yet and we want to get that right uh for you guys so uh, that's just to explain a couple of the behind the scenes things that goes on for that any questions you might have had also uh thanks charles for agreeing with me about tennessee and uh in my last rant and uh and all brandon says Speaking of what you're talking about, the stats, he said sometimes even getting the accurate rosters is hard. So that is, yeah, <laughs> and he that's knows true. from dealing with it. And out he knows there because he covers yeah. games too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, so getting accurate rosters is hard. And uh, 
It's one of those things where I wish that Max Preps would just come and donate uh, iPads to every school on the contingency that they use Max Preps for all their stat and, re- and roster keeping and record keeping and stuff. That way it's available to everybody. Right. That's a pipe dream, though, probably. But uh, I wish they would do that. All right, we'll be back, and uh, Brandon Reed will join us from Ritter Tube Town and My Fantasy Sports Talk. We'll talk Titans with him. That's on the other side on Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM, the US 51 Country mobile app. Under mostly cloudy skies, our unsettled weather pattern will continue. High temperatures in the low to mid-80s with winds out of the south. Near 70 overnight with our latest cold front pushing through. North winds are back. Rain ending and highs holding in the mid-70s for your Wednesday. Racket Club proud to introduce a new wellness program, Live Well. Wellness is not a destination, it's a lifestyle. Call the Racket Club at 901-765-4444. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. U.S. 51 Country Community Calendar. Commodity distribution in Tipton County will take place on Wednesday, September 27th, between the hours of 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at all sites. The sites are First United Methodist Church on Church Avenue in Covington, National Guard Armory on Douglas Street in Covington, the Brighton Senior Center on School Street in Brighton, the St. Paul Activity Center on Richardson Landing Road in Drummonds, and the Garland Community Center in Garland. If you do not have a new card, you must bring proof of income to the site. You cannot use this food stamp EBT card as proof of eligibility. With the amount of commodities being distributed this month, you must bring someone with you to carry your commodities to your vehicle, commodities will be given on a first-come, first-served basis. In accordance with federal law and the USDA, this institution is prohibited from discriminating on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability. Commodity distribution is provided by the Delta Human Resource Agency, funded by the Department of Human Services and the Tennessee Department of Agriculture. Whether you need money for home improvements or a honeymoon, whether you're in the market for a new car or a new kitchen, Bank of Tipton and Bank of Ripley make it easy for you to borrow what you need to make your dreams come true with personalized loans and a friendly face to make it happen. Come by Bank of Tipton or visit bankofripley.com today. Bank of Tipton, member FDIC. to Adam and Chad. And boom goes the dynamite. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. And welcome back in, Adam and Chad, US 51 Country. Facebook Live, joining us now from Ritter 2 Town and MyFantasySportsTalk.com. It is Brandon Reed. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Thanks for putting up with our uh, phone situation. I've got the trusty iPhone back out. And uh, so shout out to Apple for making this call possible. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It happens. 
happens. It happens. There was major phone issues around this area today. I'm not sure if it was just limited to us here in northeast Arkansas, but major, uh, just all carrier issues as far as I know. We really ran into it today. So, oh, maybe it was like four or five days of just straight, ugly rain. Maybe that had something it could, to do with it. could have bugs. something to do <laughs> with it. finally broke through. Yeah, it could absolutely have something to do with it. Brandon. So, yep. Y'all braved the rain in the Tigers game the other night? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we Weird. sit in the press box, so it's kind of... <laughs> yeah, sort of, I guess. I don't know if you can call it brave. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, we were there, and uh, now a lot of fans stuck it out in the rain. It ended up being a close game when it shouldn't have been. Uh, it was kind of, I don't know, it was crazy and frustrating all at the same time. Really frustrating just because you see how much the rain changes this team. They're just not able to do the things they want to do in the rain. Yeah, I was. It, it, it seems obvious, you know. I was talking to Adam. I was talking to Adam, and I said, you know, I think every Mike Norvell loss has been. It's been at least overcast. Like, uh, I, if I can remember back, and and so I, I was trying to remember, but last year Iowa State, if I remember correctly, that entire game was overcast, and uh, then uh, the I know the UCF regular season game was in the rain. So I, now I think the UCF championship game was was the weather was fine, but uh, but yeah, it just seems like they're just a different team when that happens. If a lot of teams are like that. Um, yeah, it, just, it, it throws you off, or yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's and even in the pros, it happens in the pros too. Uh, but I heard you guys earlier in the earlier segment too talking about um, Tubby Smith and Josh Pastor and just the football program when you're talking about the Tennessee balls. And um, I, I guess you and I are probably one of the only ones that kind of see this the same way because I got killed by Tigers fans. And don't get me wrong, Penny is the future. I am so happy Penny is here. Penny should be the head coach of the Tigers. Uh, you know, hopefully for the next 20 to 30 years, if he wants the job, he should be an icon. And what he's done to flip the roster and flip this whole town about Tiger basketball is just incredible. And of course, I could see it coming, but um, I completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, and I won't mention the names of the family, but yeah, if you got knuckleheads and they've been proven to be knuckleheads, then clean that up. I'm not sacrificing wins and losses. And this is where I disagree with a lot of the other Memphis media who you probably know. Uh, who are just all on the opposite <laughs> side of this. Right, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm standing up for something that I believe in here, and I completely believe you have knuckleheads on the team, and when it's a family environment, they can completely take over the locker room. And don't think that wasn't happening with Josh. It was 100% Oh, absolutely. And then the people, the argument, I've had this argument with me on Twitter, and people say, well, uh, yeah, but the talent uh, keeps them. Uh, hey, they played here, and we didn't make the tournament. So they're not the people who are making the difference. I, I don't know. If you think that they're our version of this year's version of Penny, you're wrong. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't want to get off on a rain on that because we got plenty of time because yeah. basketball season's coming up. But um, I just, and like I said, I'm, I'm happy that Penny is here. But I do believe we just lost the best X's and O's coaches that we ever will have at University of Memphis, or at least to this point. Because what Tubby did do with what he had was amazing to me. To win 19, 20, 21 games oh, yeah. with the roster he had was incredible. Oh, yeah. And I, so, I, I, I wish it would have worked out. I mean, my dream scenario was for Penny to be an assistant under Tubby for two years and let Penny take over the reins. That would teach Penny uh, the coaching game in the Division One level and 
weekend that would bring in some recruits to Tubby, then the sky's the limit. But uh, I understand, you know, Tubby was kind of an outsider and seen as that, and even didn't you know help his own cause in a lot of ways. No, I mean so, he wasn't he wasn't media friendly, which is what's hurt him in a lot of places. But uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Tiger basketball, though, uh, as you said, and I'll I'll throw this plug in there real quick because we just found this out today. Uh, is that they will be broadcasting Memphis Madness on October the 3rd? Is it the 3rd? 4th. 4th. October the 4th. It's a Thursday night, which kind of prevents me from going to it. I mean, because it kind of canceled and knocked out a lot of my buddies from going to it. So You will be able to listen on the radio right here on 93.5 FM because I just found out today that we will be carrying a radio broadcast from Memphis Madness. So you'll be able to get the highlights and and, uh, all the important stuff right here on 93.5 FM. Uh, We'll put details. It's going to be huge. I'm glad it's back. We'll That's put, another thing. Well, with Pastor canceling it, I was like, uh, I'm just happy we're. Uh, I was not a Pastor fan. Oh, well, I mean, you know, way. anybody that tries to lower expectations, you got to watch out for. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll move on to the NFL uh, and uh, talk about the Titans because now the Titans uh, are undefeated in the division and uh, two and one on the year under new head coach Mike Vrabel. Now, was it ugly? Yeah, but Mike Vrabel able to beat. Probably the best defense in the league. I'll be, even though it was only 9-6, to six, I don't care about that. You're able to go in and beat a team you're not supposed to beat who just got a win over New England, who might not be as good as we think. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a division game, and you're able to get that win with your backup quarterback being basically the only quarterback you've got. He goes out, so you have to bring in your injured quarterback who can't throw the ball more than five yards, and you still find a way to win. It's pretty impressive. It is impressive. Uh, it's a great division. It, it, to me, it's really only impressive because it was a division one, so it greatly helps your playoff chances. Um, and, and I think we kind of talked about this last week. I, I think we, we kind of agree and we kind of disagree between you and I, Chad, about uh, the direction. We, um, I, I think we agree as in, in the fact that we're not sold on Marcus Mariota, unless you changed your mind in the past three no, days. No, I haven't changed my mind at all. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, I think we disagree. Is uh, you're still holding out hopes for this year, and, and you have every right to. Right now, we're two and zero in the division, uh, which is great. But I'm kind of looking ahead because they're going to fumble around with the Mariota situation all year long. And the fact is, this offense is horrible, and the defense, although really good, is not great enough to carry a horrible offense very far this year. We're ranked. 30th in in overall offense i think 30th in passing uh it's it's just it's not a good offense and even um what i've been battling with folks on facebook this this the last two days since the win i'll even call some of them out by name if you want me to no I won't, I won't. <laughs> no that's that's, um, that's that's quite all right we <laughs> but, we got our own troubles over here <laughs> <laughs> uh but the argument is that, hey, you know, we're picking up big wins and we're not even healthy yet. And I completely agree with that. I completely understand. I don't know what happened with Jacksonville. I don't know why they were only able to muster six points. Something happened. Uh, it was great defense by the Titans. Um, but, you know, I, something happened. It's a division game from number one. So your, your opponents are always a little bit more familiar, you know, with each other when you, when you play a division game. But the injuries, you know, okay, Jack Conklin – that, that one is going to be probably the biggest return to me when he does come back because, to me, I'm looking at hopefully that kind of gets Derrick Henry kick-started. Um, 
losing Delaney Walker, I mean, to me, come on, man. If, if your whole season is flipped upside down, and I love Delaney Walker, and he was great. He's been a top-five tight end for the last several years. But if losing him with no kind of contingency plan contingency plan, or next-man-up mentality uh, after losing your 35-year-old tight end, if that is going to wreck your season or really destroy your offense enough to make it almost last in the NFL, then you've got other problems. Uh, and then as far as Marcus Mariota getting healthy, I mean, come on. I mean, is he ever going to be? And even if he, when he is 100%, I think we've kind of seen what he is. Right. So someone yeah. else brought up today uh, of the quarterbacks uh, drafted within a year of Marcus Mariota, 14, 15, and 16, how many are outperforming him? And to me, there's several. There's several names I can mention. So, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to move on. I really am. Right. And I know I hate to say it because they're 2-1, 2-0 in the division, <laughs> uh, you know, with a great shot of making the playoffs again. But then what? Right, right. I mean, it's like going eight and eight every year, and just getting in the playoffs is it. And you go in there and get crushed. And I've been, of course, Chad knows. I, I've been against Mariota since the get go. I've never liked him. I, I don't think he fits the Titans the way they should be playing now with Vrabel there. I really think he doesn't fit it. And I think Vrabel's gonna, yep. and he's gonna have plenty of quarterbacks to pick out of the in, in uh, the college ranks in the well, next see, two and that, seasons. And that's, that was my thing, Adam. I, I, I would. To me, our defense was doing fine under Dick LeBeau. Mm -hmm. Dick LeBeau completely flipped that defense. And when we were looking for a coaching hire in the offseason, then I was looking for an offensive-minded coach to help Marcus Mariota along because I wasn't completely against Marcus Mariota at the time. I think this year is his make-or-break year. So I was looking for more of an offensive-minded uh, you know, hire to help Marcus Mariota right. along through the process. But uh, Well, you know, I think it's, it's definitely a make-or-break year. And to me, if you're the Titans uh, – Unless something drastically changes, you you don't re-sign him at the end of the year. I, I think you just let his rookie deal expire and let him go out there and try the waters. I, I think you move on and uh, try well, to if, find – If we were doing so good the last couple of years, I mean, like last year, for example, if we were doing so good, we wouldn't have fired Mike Malarkey. I right, mean, yeah. Uh, right. You, you, can't, you can't go back to, oh, hey, we had success and we were doing good the last couple of years. We're building a program and then, you know, take up for defending Mike Malarkey. They fired Mike Malarkey right. because the offense was horrible. And to me, even through three games, I know it's early, I know we have some injuries, but it looks to me like the same old team relying on the defense. Well, and right. That defense better be strong to carry right. this offense. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, they're true. They're looking better, though. I mean, they That's are true. Better. I mean, the defense is looking good. And I mean, I still, I still hold out hope. I think the top Titans can win the division, and and I said this at the beginning of the year. It's not just because I, I I don't think the Titans are any more talented than they were last year. I think that the rest of the division is down, and uh, no, that's true. I so think, I think the NFL is a little bit down as of right now. I mean, even as a whole, the yeah. The Patriots got beat by Detroit. Come right, on. yeah. Detroit looked like the worst team in right, football right, opening right. up the season on Monday night, and then they control the Patriots from start to finish. I mean, other than the Chiefs, I mean, the whole yeah. AFC by the way, a little bit down. By the way, I so one of the notes I wrote myself, because I always write myself notes for the week uh, whenever I'm watching uh, games uh, for college in the NFL. One of the NFL notes I wrote down, it simply said, Patrick Mahomes is the truth. Yes. <laughs> I he mean. Is, he's the future. Between him and Carson Wentz, I hope Carson Wentz is back healthy. I know it was kind of an ugly win uh, this weekend for Philadelphia, and that's who the Titans got coming up. But um, once once the kind of core guys are out with uh, Tom Brady, 
Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers. Once those kind of core elite guys are out of the league here in the next four to five years, I think Carson Wentz is probably number one because I think under center he's the best quarterback uh, of that group of the younger guys because he's just an amazing signal caller under center. And then I think Patrick Mahomes is right there. I think he's the truth. I don't think this is a fluke by any means. No, I think think a much different offense with him. You do it three weeks in a row. Now, I almost thought Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic was over with, but then he showed a little bit of it in the second half. They didn't win the game, but they uh, he definitely showed up in the second half of last night's game. The most disappointing thing of the week, after starting out, uh, you know, halfway decent, uh, and they're playing one of the worst teams in the league, is uh, Minnesota getting, I mean, destroyed by Buffalo and not putting any points. And I had Kirk Cousins as my fantasy quarterback on DraftKings because they were playing Buffalo. And Josh Allen came in and tore them up. I have concerns about Minnesota. I, they're not the same team because I, that kind of threw a red flag for me. I think San Francisco is going to be much improved. Oh, well, uh, they were going to be much improved before losing Garoppolo. That hurts. I really hate that, but injuries happen in the NFL. But the, when they came in in week one and really hung with Minnesota, uh, then I, it was a little bit of red flag to me. Okay, either San Francisco is going to be really good this year or Minnesota is not quite the same. Then Minnesota came back and tied with the Packers. Uh, and then losing to the Bills and getting control controlled like that uh, something is wrong with Minnesota although yeah. um, it's very early it's very early and that's it's not just my... losting to the bills they got destroyed well, start to finish yep, by the bills I, the, the, I, man it was bad just in the first quarter it was almost like this is over you can just tell this is over now another place I think that's having problems that you might want to leave people off your fantasy team if you're doing the weekly fantasy stuff like I'm doing the weekly fantasy stuff so I don't have a, a, an all-season team. But if you're picking people weekly, I'd stay off of Steelers right now. Any Steeler, I'd stay off of. And, and yeah, Big Ben put up good numbers last night. There's something going on in that locker room, though. I mean, they almost gave the game back. And uh, so I, I would stay off of the Steelers right now. Uh, the Le'Veon Bell situation, I think Mike Tomlin is not doesn't really – have control. I don't think. I actually don't think Mike Tomlin is liked by about half of the team, and uh, so it, it, I mean, at least it seems like it from the things they say in public. And so it's one of those rare situations you don't see it a lot in the NFL, other than with maybe Dallas. But uh, there, there's not a lot of uh, uh, team discipline, and there's not a lot of you know, let's keep our business in the locker room with that team. Well, I, what hurts it because in the first half they were. Killing, uh, they were absolutely killing Tampa Bay, and it looked completely over. Uh, but what I think is really hurting Pittsburgh right now, I really believe this, is that Ryan Shazier not being on that defensive side really hurts them. Um, and that I think if he was on the field, you wouldn't see that comeback like you saw last night, or it wouldn't have been so close as to the game was almost in question very late in the game. And, uh, one uh, thing, Le'Veon Bell, by the way, so it's uh, it came out uh, that now the Steelers are listening to any potential trade offers for Le'Veon Bell. Yep, it looks uh, like that's where it's going. Uh, and I'm, I'm very shocked by that. I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have guessed that just a few days ago. I would have guessed he was probably signed by today, honestly, if they would have lost again, but they won. So, um, well, that, that may be an irreparable situation. That is, yeah, I believe it's become an irreparable situation. Now the question, though, is because of the amount of money that Le'Veon Bell is demanding – and it's clear that he's demanding it because when you hold out when after the regular season started, then you're demanding this amount of money and no less. And uh, with the amount of money that he's demanding, word on the street is 
that there aren't a lot of teams interested. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to be patient. There needs to be some teams that fork over the money because he is an elite running back. I mean, just his style alone, he's going to bring a winner to you. And one of the first names I thought about and one of the first teams I thought about when thinking about him, and I don't know how the finances work. I haven't looked at this, but I thought about the Atlanta Falcons. If the Atlanta Falcons could somehow add a Le'Veon Bell to their mix, then they would be – uh, they would probably be the favorites in the NFC to me because they uh, Calvin Ridley already showed that he's he's going to be <laughs> he has potential right. to be a stud. Well, he'll definitely right. what he'll do is open it up some because they won't be able to double cover Julio as much, and no, no. so and, and then if you put in a Lavian Bell, that adds that one more wrinkle that you can't drop that extra guy into coverage because you have to have a linebacker in to handle Lavian Bell. And one reason that- and the defense has got better. And with a Le'Veon Bell type situation, they could control the fourth quarters a little bit more and the play calling a little bit more if they have a lead, even if it's a slight lead. Uh, and that's what the Falcons need. So when you think about contenders, that's kind of the first team I thought about when thinking about destinations for Le'Veon Bell. Of course, the only thing is, the reason why I think they probably won't get him is because of the uh, situation with Julio. They had a hard enough time getting Julio, his deal straightened out, and that makes me think that they're not willing to really – negotiate a whole lot and I, i'm not well, so sure and, they and when guys like james connor step up and do okay i mean james right. connor is not Le'Veon bill I mean, right i really right. believe i really believe the steelers would be three and oh if Le'Veon bill started the season uh from from week one um but and i don't know how I, like i said i don't know the financials as far as atlanta specifically but i would trade freeman i would trade whoever <laughs> right. the other guy Where? coleman whoever i mean i'm right. trading the house for Le'Veon bill if well, i have a chance to get Le'Veon bill because if you're atlanta you really need to win now because matt ryan's not getting any younger yeah. And he's already got heat on him, where and I think, the Falcons are in win-now mode. Where I think you could see him, though, if you're looking at places with some cap space and a, a definite need, uh, is Buffalo. So they're, they're, they're quarterbacks on a rookie deal. He's the guy. We know that now, right? And uh, so he, he's the guy barring injury going forward. He looks like he's going to be pretty good in the NFL, good enough. And uh, so, I mean, if you're Buffalo – uh, now you've got a chance to get a great running back. You passed on Saquon Barkley to take Josh Allen, uh, and now you've got a chance to uh, bring in a top-level running back. So he may – I would look out for Buffalo in this. If um, Okay, and I know they got a big win, but Buffalo's deplorable this year. They're not going to be good. Right. They'll win They'll win as many games as the Cleveland Browns, they, maybe. They're uh, this seriously. year's, they're okay, this year's Cleveland. <laughs> oh, wait, did the Giants have the second pick or the third pick? Now I can't remember. I was second, thinking. They had the second. second they yeah, okay, up. so they took Saquon before and Buffalo could. Yeah. Also, Cody was asking on our Facebook page, he said, do you think Antonio Brown is going anywhere if Bell does? Well, and I also saw Cody Cody Pace as well uh, comment about Mac and talking right, about Mac situation Mac in Oakland. Oakland yeah. and, and so this is my this would be my advice to Pittsburgh. I think you've almost already screwed this up because Oakland really screwed it up. Khalil right. Mack's the best defensive player in the league right, right. now. Oh, it no doesn't doubt. Take, yeah, it doesn't take a genius to watch football and notice that. So uh, Oakland <laughs> Oakland may have even cost their season by not keeping Mac. Right. Pittsburgh. Don't do the same thing because honestly, Big Ben's not getting any younger. He has also even threatened retiring before last season started, so his right. days are numbered. And your your franchise is about this close to flipping upside down on its head. So um, I would have paid him. I would have paid him and had him in week one. 
Well, uh, Brandon, we're going to have to cut it off now. Thanks for joining us, though. Uh, I, we can't bring you in on the picks because I have to use my phone to see the picks. <laughs> so, yeah, technology. What do you I do? Can't, what do you do? I can't make my picks and keep you on the phone. But I appreciate you joining us, and uh, you can make your picks along with us online if you want. Uh, but um, uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Hopefully we'll have the phone situation straightened out. You'll be able to make your picks. Can you give me one player, if you're a weekly fantasy player like me, what's one player you want on your roster this week? This particular week, um, uh, man, uh, I would have to kind of look at the schedule to know. I mean, I'm a Todd Gurley fan. Let me tell you, okay, I'll just tell you, to me, my eyes, the top two backs are, are, uh, are for sure are Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara. If you have one of those guys on your team, you're doing pretty good. Alvin Kamara had like 15 receptions for like 130 yards last week as a right. back. That right. is insane. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so uh, you're doing good if you got Gurley or Kamara on your team. Those, to me, are the two elite guys uh, right now when it comes to fantasy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us once again, Brandon. We'll talk to you again next week. You got it, guys. Take See you later. later Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home has proudly served families from Tipton and its surrounding counties in their times of need for generations. In fact, Houston Moss is their third generation funeral director. Like his uncle and grandfather before him, Houston will explain all the different options available to your family. Whether you're planning an unexpected funeral or pre-planning your own, trust Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home to make the process as easy as possible. At the intersection of Atoka Avenue and Highway 51 in Atoka is a bright blue and white building. You've probably always known it as Penny Pantry. Well, now it's Valero. The only thing that's changed, though, is the name. You'll find the same great, friendly, convenient service for high-grade gasolines as well as milk, bread, beverages of all kinds, ice, grocery, lottery tickets, and a hot deli featuring southern fried chicken, a daily assortment of hot vegetables, and the other favorites you've come to expect. The new Valero convenience store is locally owned and operated by Penny Pantry and gasoline supplied by Wooten Oil Company, who for over 75 years has provided quality gasoline, diesel, and unbranded fuel for farmers and businesses throughout West Tennessee. Are you suffering from allergies? Then you need to stop by Bradford Family Pharmacy where they have a full line of over-the-counter allergy care products. They're locally owned and can give you all the convenience of a chain pharmacy along with personal service. They have a drive through free local delivery, text alerts, and a mobile app to refill your prescriptions too. Most insurance plans are accepted and transferring pharmacies is easy. Give Bradford Family Pharmacy a shot at earning your business. Call them at 475-6300 or stop by 1500 Highway 51 South in Covington. Tipton County Head Start Open Enrollment is currently ongoing at 410 Alston Street in Covington, Monday through Friday from 8 until 3 p.m. The following documentation will be needed to complete your child's application. Proof of child's age, 10 care or insurance card, name, address, and phone number of at least three emergency contacts and proof of income. Children with disabilities are encouraged to apply. We will take applications from pregnant women and children from birth to three years of age. Northwest Tennessee EDC requires no fees to participate. If you have questions, contact Patricia Mason, Kathy Crook, or Center Coordinator Bev Roberts at 901-476-7488. That perfect drive right down the field is usually a balance of runs and passes. 
For protecting what you drive, huddle with a Grange Independent Agent about a new Grange Auto Policy. Check with McGowan State Insurance about a Grange Auto Policy that balances competitive rates and responsive Grange claim service. Call McGowan State Insurance at 901-476-7137 or visit mcgowan-stittinsurance.com. Products not available in all states. The all-new Bob Johnston Chevrolet on Highway 51 in Covington is now open and ready to earn your business. They're building their reputation from day one with two very important things. First, the service. The entire staff at Bob Johnston Chevrolet is focused and committed to customer satisfaction. And a big part of that satisfaction is knowing you've got the best price possible. Come let them show you why Chevrolet is the most awarded and fastest growing brand. Great service and great prices. Get both at Bob Johnston Chevrolet on Highway 51 in Covington. Under mostly cloudy skies, our unsettled weather pattern will continue. High temperatures in the low to mid 80s with winds out of the south. Near 70 overnight with our latest cold front pushing through. North winds are back. Rain ending and highs holding in the mid 70s for your Wednesday. Racket Club proud to introduce a new wellness program, Live Well. Wellness is not a destination, it's a lifestyle. Call the Racket Club at 901-765-4444. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. You're listening to Adam and Chad. Eat my shorts. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. Welcome back. Final segment, Adam and Chad. US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. The US 51 Country mobile app, Facebook Live. Congratulations once again to Mac Fullen. Two-time now. Winner of Player of the Week, Hat Ads Player of the Week. You can vote in the poll by joining the Fans of Adam and Chad Facebook group known as the AC Army. Adam has the game lined up, and we will jump right into our picks for the week. All right. right. We'll start with a a Big 12 matchup. I always want to say ACC because West Virginia, I just always... I don't think of them being Big Twelve, but uh, they got it's. Uh, they're both. It's a ranked game. Uh, West Virginia at Texas Tech. I think West Virginia gets this one, but this one's kind of close. I, I'm. I don't feel good about it, but I'm just going West Virginia because they they seem to have the edge, and I've seen them play a little bit. Texas Tech can light it up though. So if West Virginia's defense doesn't show up, then it could be. I could lose my points on this one, but I'm I'm going West Virginia on this. I'm I'm thinking West Virginia too. I'm going with West Virginia. The thing about it that makes me nervous is Texas Tech's performance over the weekend. But I'm going to go ahead and bet that that was a a one off. That was a get up for a big game. They're not going to be able to do it twice in a row. And West Virginia walks away with this win. I think. Right. And he got uh, this is a tricky one after last week. Army versus the Buffalo Bills. Bulls. Bulls. <laughs> Buffalo Bills yeah, are no, in the I NFL. <laughs> Although they say, would I... probably struggle in this game as well. Right, yeah. Now, Buffalo's undefeated, 4-0, and they've done pretty good. Um, Army did what they do, and with that triple option, man, they're as bad as Navy now. Um, they messed I, up. I, they sure going, messed up Oklahoma. They did. They did. And, I, of course, I don't put a lot of stock in Oklahoma's defense, So, I, but I think Buffalo may have a better defense. I've seen a little bit of their stat lines. I'm going to go with Buffalo. It looks like the country's kind of leaning more Army, but I think just based off of last week's performance. But I'm scared to just jump on that Army wagon yet. You're right. Because they're 2-2, yeah. and two, so I'm wondering if they just got, like you said with the last game, they may just got up for that game. And they're playing at Buffalo. So I'm going with Buffalo, low confidence just because. I'm going with Army in this game. 
I'm going to take Army in this game, and I don't think I think it's going to be close. But I think Army's triple option is just something that Buffalo's not going to be able to defend. I mean, uh, if I'm not saying that Oklahoma has a the a top defense, but Oklahoma's defense, if they had trouble with it, then Buffalo's defense definitely isn't prepared for it. I think so. I'll take Army in this game. That's kind of where I was kind of going, but I wasn't sure. And I went. And Cody said he picks West Virginia on that last game. Um, also, the next one we got an ACC matchup. We got Virginia at North Carolina State. I'm assuming the water's gone, or they're playing somewhere else, because um, I know both of them were affected. Um, I'd, I'm going with the Wolfpack. They're undefeated. They're playing at home. Virginia's kind of one of them wild card teams. It, it could go either way, but I feel more comfortable going with North Carolina State. Yeah, absolutely. I go with NC State. Uh, NC State's undefeated. They're at home. Virginia is traditionally not good, and the same is true this year. Their 3-1 and one record is deceiving, so All I'll right. take NC State. All right, then we got an SEC matchup. Got Florida at Mississippi State. This one's tricky, too, because Mississippi State's still in the top 25 at 23. The game against Kentucky, Florida got beat by Kentucky, but Mississippi State's kind of, I don't know, it just depends on whether Fitzgerald decides to show up or not. I'm going to go with them just because they're at home. I think Florida's riding high, and they'll play them tough, and this game could come down to the fourth quarter. But just because just I feel more comfortable with it, I'm going Mississippi State, even though I think it could go either way. I'm kind of on the fence about it. The Bulldogs I go with in this game with a, a decent level of confidence in this game. I mean, I, I think uh, Florida uh, – I, I think this past week was not nearly as much about Florida as it was about Tennessee. Uh, and – I mean, I think Florida wanted to come back from an embarrassing loss, what they consider an embarrassing loss to Kentucky, uh, although Kentucky right. is better than a lot of people think. But uh, I think that in this case, they have to go to Mississippi State. They're on the road second week in a row. They just got up for a big game against Tennessee. I just can't see Florida doing anything except losing this game by three touchdowns. And oh, so wow. I think uh, the Mississippi think State Bulldogs, get... and I got a pretty good amount of confidence right. in this game. You think it's going to get out of control? I got you. We didn't start, which start feels hard to win sometimes. So, uh, also, and Cody agreed with you with the Army pick, and he also uh, thanks NC State, and then he agrees with you um, that for State, he thinks State will get it too. So, we're all, looks like we're all on the same page there. All right, next game you got, we'll go to the West Coast for Utah versus Washington State. This is at Washington State. I, I want to say Washington State because they seem, you know, they're pretty decent this year. Utah's one of them teams that those kind of games is a night game. On the West Coast, sometimes they'll sneak up on you. But it's another one. I'm on the fence. I hope I don't have a bad week. I'm going to go Washington State because it's the safer pick. But I would not be surprised if Utah Springs up wins this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Cougars, too, uh, simply because they're at home. And uh, I don't trust Utah. I yeah. just don't. Yeah, really I, I mean, I, re- I really don't trust them. I, they, they, they are too up and down for me. Uh, Washington State has been what they are all year, so I, I'm I'm going with Washington State in this one. It, it'll, it'll probably be a decent game, but I'm going to go with Washington State to get the win. Right. I'm a Pac-12 matchup. All right, now we're going from Pac-12 to the Big 12. Got Iowa State at TCU. This one's at TCU, but, man, the way TCU's been playing, and you know Iowa State, they're going to spring one on somebody, and it, it hadn't happened yet, but they almost got one. Uh, was it uh, – Oklahoma, they almost got. I, I can't remember which game it was now, but they they won't pull. I'm going with Iowa State just because most everybody's going with TCU. This is going to be my one confidence. I'm just going with it for. A, I think TCU should win this game, but I feel like Iowa State could just be. This could be their one little 
lick they get in there. I'm, I'm <laughs> let me tell you something. With a lot of reservation, I'm going with TCU. Now, uh, I, I think it's a uh, scary game. It is a scary <laughs> game. I think Iowa State could very well win this game. It's hard. Here's the thing about it. It's hard for me to see TCU. Uh, turning in uh, performances two weeks in a row like right. that. And uh, it, it's hard for me to see TCU losing to an Iowa State at home. Uh, but it's also hard for me to see Iowa State starting out one and three. So right. it, this is a difficult game to pick. I think it's going to be really close. But I, I'll go with the Horn Frogs. But, man, I, I'm not very confident in the pick. Right, gotcha. And Cody had said the last Washington State only because they're home, and he agrees with you. He thinks TCU bounces back on this one. So... I think he seems more confident than you are. You're kind of like me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to Iowa State just for the, the whole shock pick there. But now next we got, oh, the big one, Stanford at Notre Dame. This one they're playing in South Bend. It's going to be a night game on NBC. Both undefeated. Both undefeated, yeah. I think Stanford gets Notre I think Notre Dame finally gets exposed. I think, yeah, they found their quarterback. This new quarterback's going to bring another dimension, and they are going to be better than they've been because he did play very well. But I don't. I think it's too little too late. I think Stanford wins this game by like a touchdown. I don't think Stanford rolls them or nothing. But. It doesn't matter what you think. Um, I look. Uh, Notre, here's what I think about Stanford. In, I think Bryce Love, if you look at it, has been figured out. And, and I agree there. I so, with that in mind, and it being in South Bend, and because of the time difference. Okay, because you're talking about going from what, uh, Pacific time to Central time for Stanford. Whoever has to make that trip is automatically at a disadvantage. Uh, I'm going to give this to Notre Dame. I think, it, uh, you know, I have, reserv I have some reservations about it because I have some reservations about how legit Notre Dame is right now uh, as far as a top 10 team. I do, however, also have the same reservations about Stanford, All right. and I think I Notre Dame is slightly better than Stanford, and so I'm going to give this game to Notre Dame. <laughs> See, me, I think no, this is Notre Dame 2012 all over again, and I, I keep hearing the analysts talk about it and uh, like playoff, and I'm like, I doubt it because they're not in a conference. That extra game is going to hurt them, but I hope – if it happens, please play them against Alabama. If Alabama gets in there one and four, I would love to see that game over again because I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> but I, I think I think Stanford edges them, and uh, we're, we're going down to SEC now. We got uh, South Carolina at Kentucky, and they're playing in Kentucky. I, I think Kentucky might screw me, but I, I think they've got this. Uh, they're right. It's a few games that they've shown me that they're legit. So we'll has see. Kentucky ever started five and zero? I think they did back. Uh, the 60s? I think when Brooks, no, no, when Brooks was there, I think their coach before, I think he did get a final. Well, I, I think they're going to do it this week. I mean, South Carolina, I think, comes in not that great, and uh, they're definitely a disappointment over what they were last year. I think Kentucky gets it and goes to 5-0, and oh, and uh, now you really got to look at Kentucky as a legit SEC East contender right. if they go away with this win yeah, this weekend. I think they're right there behind George if they win this yep. game, yeah. Cool, but uh, also uh, Cody agreed with you with the Notre Dame. He thinks Notre Dame is going to get it too. All right, then we got Big Ten, Ohio State at Penn State. This one's tricky. <laughs> I don't care about Urban being back and all that garbage, and they're playing in Happy Valley. So I, I think Penn State's going to give them a run, but I know if I go against Ohio State, Urban will screw me somehow, and I'll lose. So I'm going very low confidence, and I'm going to give Ohio State the nod as much as it kills me. I learned not to go with what – how I feel about a certain team, I'm going with on the field. I think 
their quarterback at Ohio State. Well, you, you are better to use your uh, your sports knowledge and intuition than using just because you don't like a team. Because right. when it's you're making picks, times. it's about trying to uh, make the right pick. And you made the right one, I think, right there. Because Ohio State, I think it does matter that Urban Meyer's back. The fact that they've remained undefeated without him, I didn't expect. Now, when he comes back, though, I think it's in a big way. And so I think Penn State, and I've seen Penn State struggle yeah, with subpar teams more than once yeah. this year. So I'm giving it, I think Ohio State comes up with this one. And I don't think it's some kind of like route in the beginning. I think it's just going to be one of those things where in the fourth quarter, you look up at the scoreboard and you go, wow, how did it get to be that big a gap? Right. I think it's just one of those things where the game grinds out and each quarter, Ohio State outscores them by seven or outscores them by ten, and suddenly they're up by three scores before you even realize, and you feel like it's been a close game, but Ohio State's actually running away with it. I think that's Penn, what you're going to find. gets exposed. I think that's what you're going to get in this game. Gotcha. And then uh, also uh, Cody said he thinks Kentucky and uh, Penn State only because he doesn't like Myers. So he, he don't <laughs> care about that. He said, I'm going <laughs> – I kind of want to do that, but I, I know it'll get me, so I'm not yeah. going to do it. Then a nice game, uh, it's West Coast BYU versus Washington Huskies. They're playing in Washington. BYU's look decent, but I don't trust them. And I think Peterson's, you know, they're, they know they got to win this game. So uh, I, I'm going with Washington on that one. Yeah, they're not real. Uh, BYU, they're, they're, they're not for real. They're, they're, that they're right there is, uh, yeah, they're posing. It, it's not, well, it just uh, looks better than it does. They sit over there as an independent and they want the same respect Notre Dame gets, they're not going to get it, especially not out of me. And uh, I I just don't – they're not nearly as good as you think. So, yeah, Washington handles their business effectively against BYU and exposes what's going on there for sure. Yeah, BYU going down. All right, for Adam Craig and everybody else here at the Grace Broadcasting Studios, thanks for joining us. Be back next week. I'm Chad Gatlin. See ya.